You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 268, with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 268. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week are a little bit focused uh, centrically on sales. Um, <clears throat> we've had some fun conversations over the past couple of weeks on the, li- on the live show, and what we're finding out is that there is this shift between sales teams, those that are still in place, those that are still sitting in their chairs, so to speak, and of course sales teams that have been removed from the positioning are looking to reevaluate and get stepped back into the industry as the hotel either they were attached to or the corporation they were attached to has the need for them to come back in and or whether or not they're looking for other opportunities. But what hasn't been really discussed much is the transition between the technologies that used to exist did exist, were used or not used, were aware of or not aware of, and what tools and techniques are out there right now. And I wanna f- feature two aspects to our conversation tools this week. The first is a tool that I use extensively for my business that keeps track of my dialogues and engagements and CRM, you know, customer relationship management. Um, and that is SalesFlare, salesflare.com to be exact. Now this platform I use to really keep myself, well, organized. Um, any communication that I have, it, can, it ties directly to my Google Mail, which is my primary base platform. It also does it to Outlook and other platforms as well. And it creates stages of integration, a pipeline. Now, there are other platforms, and please know that we could spend many podcasts and many training sessions as to all of these ones that create pipelines. Literally, there's one called Pipeline. Um, that do the progression of engagement, the initial awareness, the initial contact, the follow-up, the ticklers, so forth and so on and through the entire process of it. But I choose SalesFlare. I got it uh, exposed to me early on. I found it to be very useful, very easy. It creates great tiles. You can have prioritization. You can have um, reminders. You can put context as to what the value proposition of the communication is, the long-term or short-term value proposition of who they are, the last communication with them. It also aggregates all of the communications with that contact person on one click. You look at it and go, boom. When was the last time I talked to them? What have I talked to them up to this point? What's been the constant process of this? When was my last meetings? What were my last meeting notes about this? It's a great aggregate source to control and work with in this current technology level, the means and needs to basically throw a wide net. If anything now more so than ever, it's not about favored unique relationships that you used to have prior to COVID where you would cultivate very 
nurtured relationships with known entities that were there, they were going to be doing business with you in the future. They could do business elsewhere, which is why you had to maintain good relationships with them. But it really wasn't a lot of, well, selling. We weren't really so much hunters back then. We were gatherers. We took orders on phones. We, we took the business that came across our doorstep. Uh, we would solicit expanded business with those that we're already doing business with. Um, we really were just basically, for better lack of a better word, happy and content to take on the business that was easy to get to, that came to our doorstep or that was easy to expand upon for those that we had relationships with. We really weren't the aggressive hunters that had to go out and create cold calls. When was the last time you had a cold call sheet you had to be tracked on and how many cold calls you made and how successful was it? So anyway, salesflare.com is a great tool to help organize the hunter within you. Uh, <laughs> the ability to go over and organize those people that you're already connected to, have had been connected to, as to the prioritization as to what you have done with them in times past, times current, and potentially times future. And we also know that a lot of people's positions have changed. That person may not be in the chair anymore. And where did their responsibilities get moved up to or over to from somebody else? As other companies that you did business with, they too downsized, they too furloughed. And now the same people you used to dialogue with and may have had all that great relationship with no longer exist. So now you have to reestablish yourself with whoever is responsible for what that person used to have, if it even at all. And maybe there isn't anybody immediately there. So who else do you need to reach out to? What is the process of that? Well, salesflare.com helps you with that. The other tool is a little bit broad and, and grandiose, but it's also very valuable. And that is become educated on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash learning. LinkedIn, as with all platforms, are happy to teach you how to use them better than what normally may be available and what to use them for and how to use them best and how to advertise with them, how to connect with them, how to engage with them, how to communicate with them. What is the process of, of fine-tuning your presence on them? They're more than helpful to wanting you to be better at using them than the average bear walking in the door going, oh, I just put my picture there, my bio there, I do this here, it's easy there. No, there's really some nuance to what you can do and linkedin.com slash learning is very good at bringing out those details that you need to be better and more efficient and to use the linkedin pool as it were the business social that it is to really be able to reach out and identify and collaborate and coordinate with all these people so that are two tools today salesflare.com and the learning tool at linkedin at linkedin.com forward slash learning and that brings us to our technique of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. So my technique of the week, the term that I'm using is from tickler files and Rolodexes. What's the new tech for sales success? Well, obviously we've touched on a couple of the tools earlier with Salesflare and LinkedIn as a training tool and so forth, but there's so much more that needs to be identified and understood. One of my cohorts in crime that is near and dear to me, Holly uh, Zoba has a great uh, training pro program called Influencer Sales in which she um, really breaks down the usages of like LinkedIn, of things like Spark, which is a, a interactive media development tool, and so many others. And we've, we've highlighted those on previous podcasts as well as the live show. And so you can always go back and index those and look for those and you'll see them come up quite quickly in our previous podcast. But the idea is this, sales is a perennial business. How we did it in 1930, how we did it in 1940, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the process is the same. The methodology and the tools of that methodology have evolved. What used to be handshakes and cocktails 
is now LinkedIn's and uh, passcodes and social medias and uh, remote learnings and remote contacts and Zooms and virtual face-to-faces and no conferences. Think about this. Some of our more fundamental tools that we've had in sales over these past few years. Conference interaction, uh, personal one-on-one engagement, uh, reaching out and showing up in people's offices and and sitting down with them and and one-on-one discussing with them their needs and, and functions and value propositions between you and them have been taken from us. We don't have those same tools and capabilities, but we do have other tools and capabilities. It used to be in the old days of sales, and I say old days, it's not that old, but it has been back a little ways. For those that may not be familiar with the term of Rolodex, a Rolodex was a big circular index card file, and it was alphabetized usually, categorized if you were even more robust. And what you did was, as you reached out and talked to people on the phone and fax machines, okay, um, you filled in these little cards of information. They're all their content information, their phone, their, their birth date, if you could find that over time, uh, their physical address, their home address, uh, what they did, what they were doing before they got promoted, where they worked before they're working there. Whatever you could cram into what you knew about them went on that little card for them. And that little card was indexed either alphabetized or categorized. Uh, and that was your Rolodex. That was gold. A salesperson lived by the value of their Rolodex. If a salesperson left their business, the first thing you were worried about is where did that Rolodex go? Now, some companies actually created policies that the Rolodex was the ownership of the company itself and that it did not go with the salesperson. So what did they do? They simply duplicated their cards, left the one Rolodex and brought the other one with them uh, because that was their calling card to get another job. How many people do you know? In what levels do you know them? If you called them, would they answer the phone? Those were, those were real questions that get asked in interviews. Um, also to tickler files. Tickler files were something that was done as to a timed progression of communication. Um, birthdays, holidays, sending gift baskets at the right time to the right person. Sometimes it's not too directly the person, it was maybe to their secretary or their assistant. Back then they used to be called secretaries. And you would tease and, and, and treat well the people that were the gatekeepers to these people. The ones that sat at the desk that you entered the lobby, those people had to be fed before you ever got to the, 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 the secretarial pool that got to the level of, of the person that you actually get to walk into their office. You basically had to collaborate and work with everybody that had a way of stopping you to get to this person. And that's why it was so critical that you did have that Rolodex that had the direct connect to those people, or at best, the direct connect to the person that was their handler, their secretary or assistant to it, then that was gold. That was how you created those relationships of bookings and so forth. And a lot of those bookings were built on handshakes. Yes, you eventually sent the contract, but if you walked out the door with a handshake from that person saying, we're going to do that piece of business you just talked about, you came back and posted it on the sales file that that was done. Then, of course, the process of contracts and being sent and signed and everything else, that process followed. But really, the sales was done at the handshake. Well, now we're in our 2020s. And now we're doing virtual streaming and we're on screens. And now getting in front of people and getting the time to be able to deal with them and collaborate with them, it's harder to personalize our communications. And we're not meeting them at conferences and bringing them out to dinner and schmoozing them or, or showering them with gifts. And in all honesty, a lot of the people that we knew that were in roles in the company may not be in that same role anymore. And now we don't know who 
is in that role anymore. And we know nothing about them. And so researching them, like I said, with LinkedIn Learning and so forth, learning who has that role now, what responsibility, who has that title, or who has that responsibility is a researchable thing. And then how do you communicate with them? How do you get between everybody else trying to reach out to them, offering them something that's similar to yours, and how do you get in front of them? That's the new world order of sales that we have now. And, and, and even though we look back at the old times of Rolodexes and Tickler files, the new technologies now are much more pervasive, much more capable of reaching out to that individual. But you as sales teams have to know how to use these tools. You as a salesperson have to understand how to utilize the methodology of discoverability of these people and how to communicate with them that they're going to be receptive to it. Just getting their Twitter handle doesn't mean anything. If, if they're that important, it might be handled by somebody else. And also, they may not even pay attention to something like Twitter. But then again, emails get ignored or blocked if they're not the right ones. Sometimes now, people have gotten smart. There is the email that they get handed out in distribution that isn't really nothing more than an email that their uh, assistant handles. But their direct personal email is something that's kept very close to them and only given to those people that they want to have that direct email communication with. There's so many different strata of technology now that are out there, but they're discoverable. There's tools that we've talked about before that as people touch your website, you can learn that the, the companies that have touched it and look at the people by their title and even all their connections with emails and social media to know whether or not they're, they're the people that you need to speak with within that organization. There is so many ways now to target and define exactly who you need to talk to. And there's tools out there to do that, but you need to learn them. Whether you're still sitting in the chair for sales and it's your job to find more business, or whether you're looking to get back into a chair for sales and you need to show how you're capable of finding business, either of those justifies the fact that it's time to polish off the training, turn into the hunter, sharpen the spear, and go out there and find it. So that is our technique of the week from Tickler Files and Rolodexes. What's the new tech for sales success? Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So our news and show review this week, uh, we had a guest host, and that was Mark Lee. Uh, Mark is with um, Elemental, E-L-M-N-T-L, great agency. Um, lots of fun talking with him. Uh, hard to recap the whole process. It was really very interesting as to how they approach their projects and what they do for them and what they do for their, their clients. Uh, I can only say that it is well worth the listen on the live show. Uh, to what he referred to, what they're capable of doing, what they do, do, um, how they approach their markets, how do they invade and engage. Um, it really is hard to recap, especially on a short podcast, the depth we spent well over an hour just going into the nuances of what it is that they do. Uh, the links, of course, to his website and also to the live show will be found in the podcast notes here. You can obviously go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live look at show number 268 there you'll be able to go and do the replay from uh, our interview with mark uh, but phenomenal conversation to that and i highly recommend you take the time to listen into yet another excellent professional and their, their team breaking into and breaking down the means of getting engaged with clients and finding new ways of driving business for them so one of the other things that we talked about uh, as we progressed out of that conversation was ip tracking and is it really the ad killer that it purports to be. IP tracking is um, basically, instead of using cookies to determine whether you've landed or touched a spot, is finding out what IP internet the protocol address that you're using. And from that, they can determine tremendous amount of information, actually a scary amount of information, which 
delves into the world of hmm, how GDR, GDPR compliant is a CCPA to compliant um, and just invasive uh, as to how much, because then it's changing you from the anonymity of who you are as a digital avatar to down to the point that they know you in particular as to who you are. And as beneficial that is to marketers, it does create a personal information issue, uh, issue for uh, how does that data get handled and who's responsible for it and all the things that fall under the um, uh, can spam laws and everybody else that has a hand into how is this data being used, abused, or shared. So IP tracking, um, interesting platform. Uh, well worth the interest to it. Is it is it is it bad? Well, anything uh, used for wrong reasons can be bad. If used for the right reasons, it's a very effective tool to make sure that you're not getting unnecessary ads for things that you're not interested in. If it's used for bad, it's a pervasive way of in, of getting in front of you for things that you really don't want. So um, uh, we had a great discussion on the live show about that as well, which I highly recommend around on the hour, one hour and five minute mark. Um, so other things we highlighted on the show, which were of, of uh, kind of a things that make you go, hmm. Uh, Marriott, we talked about ISG losing uh, hotels last week, or the week, you know, the week before, I should say. Well, Marriott has missed payments on 122 of its hotels. Um, this might be a little bit of a culling of hotels that aren't up to what they may want. Who knows to say, but these hotels aren't necessarily bad hotels. Um, and how they work, it may be just simply because brand isn't able to fulfill its fiduciary responsibilities to the ownerships under contract for what these hotels are and um, they're basically falling to the wayside and being reabsorbed by ownerships to other opportunities so fun interesting conversation about that as well that uh, well worth listening to as well in the live show for it. Um, the news item that I do want to hit on a little bit that we didn't get to talk about on the live show that was provided to us by Mr. Robert Cole from Rock Cheetah who has been able to join us very frequently these past few months because he has an engagement with Focusrite and JD Powers, but he does create a absolutely outstanding weekly recap on news relevant to that week. Uh, and if you would like to sign up for free, he offers it for free. You can go to bitly bit.ly forward slash rockcheetah, all lowercase, no space. Uh, there you can sign up and get the very well curated list of things that are active and interesting and influential influential on hospitality for that week. Um, but the article that I want to point out to is from Ian Schrager, which is coronavirus pandemic will not be a paradigm shift in hospitality. And at first I took this as being on the negative to what I thought it would be. Because um, I believe the coronavirus is a paradigm shift to our industry. But in the context of how he's pointing it out, I have to agree in some part to it that we have seen aspects of previous shifts of technology uh, as being different in their long-term impact compared to what we thought initially they would be on their introduction. Uh, things like cell phones and um, uh, kiosks, of uh, uh, personless ch checking kiosks, fax machines, uh, going back a little ways to it and so forth. Um, we all thought that there would be a whole different Pandora's box of impact that these things would create that didn't happen. In fact, they changed in different ways to the positive that we didn't feel will be the case. And right now we're looking at COVID kind of the same way, not as so much as a technology shift per se, but a shift in perception of the industry. Um, what is the long term of isolating cleaning staff from uh, guests? What is the long term impact of touchless engagement for check-ins, check-outs, keyless entries, 
so forth. What is the long-term impact for that? What is the impact for large box hotels versus small intimate boutiques? And what is the long-term impact of travel interest and densities and popularities and building structures, exterior hallways versus interior hallways, common spaces, uh, and the development of any hotels in, in the future tense as to the common spaces, whether they're internal, external, and if external, what is it that they battle the weathers with, depending upon geographies? Um, all of these are up in question at this point, but we certainly can't, sitting where we are right now, make long-term assertions like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what's going to happen in the, in the future. This is what the long-term impact of it is. We don't know. Because just as all these other technologies were introduced and we had what we thought was a clear picture, this is going to change this or change that. Yes, it changed some of it, but it didn't change all of it. And it certainly wasn't everything that we thought they were going to be. On, and they didn't turn out exactly the way we thought everything was going to turn out. So for that end, I do agree with them that we have to put it with a bit of a grain of salt, that it isn't completely what we think it to be. But then again, there's probably a strong influence as to what it will probably end up as. So, not to be vague, but that's it for the news and show review. So remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TunedIn. The list goes on. 39 prop, uh, platforms and counting. You can even find us on Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. And no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please, please rate us and leave a comment. That helps us understand more what you want us to talk about, whether, you've, and whether you like this, don't like this, what have you. But it also, more importantly, helps others discover us as well. Um, also, if this is your first time hearing us, you of course can subscribe to us uh, to our show on any of those platforms that you may have found us on. I've um, got an archive for all of our previous podcasts. You can also go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. There you'll find this and all previous 267 episodes of our podcast going back many, many years. Um, and also, there's a player there for the podcast in case you're not on one of the other platforms. You can play back then. Then they said the show links and, and content and timelines and everything else for everything we discussed today. And of course, don't forget our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 1130 Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. For that, you simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. There, look for show number 268. You'll see, the, like I said, the recap with Mark Lee. Uh, great conversation with him, plus all the other conversation I mentioned to you earlier. So with that, I thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 268 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing in support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International All Rights Reserved Copyright 2020.